Welcome to Rolling Misadventures, where normally a group of podcasters take time away from their respective shows to sit down and play Fiasco. Uh, but this time around, we decided for our one-year anniversary to do a Q&A episode. As always, I am joined by Megan. Yep. And Charles. Hello. And did I say my name? I don't know if I, I did. I feel like at this point, people know. They know who we are. If they're listening, they know. I don't know. When I started listening to your show, I hopped into your Q&A for the first episode. Well, you're fucking weird. <laughs> I will not deny that. But of course, I am your host, Derek. And so, uh, yeah, let's uh, hop into the questions. We have gotten questions from Twitter, Facebook, other podcasters we know that we were harassing to help us out. The usual. But uh, yeah, how about we hop into our questions? Uh, our first one is from Twitter, from at KNSJM. It's Ben. And Ben asks, how did the original idea for Rolling Misadventures come about? So good question to start with. Um, all right. So from my side, Rolling Misadventures came about because I wanted to start a second show. I was doing Sometimes Geek, which while it was fun, while it lasted, it I just needed something new and different. And I had started listening to the adventure zone and just completely fell in love with the idea of a tabletop podcast, focusing more on a narrative versus mechanics. So I had known Charles for what a year at that point. Yeah. I mean, like this was maybe a little bit less. Um, I know that around the time you were doing the, the sometimes geek levels up uh, content, which you were kind of trying to do right. something that you trying to find something that you wanted to do. And I mean, like, that's yep. that's the place that I, I know you were at. And like, I think I mean, this question is very much directed towards towards you for sure. But like, I I knew that you felt stagnant in what you were doing. Oh, totally. I could see that. Um, yeah. And I mean, like, it was it was something new. Yeah, it was something new to do. Uh, Charles has been one of my longest pod friends and friends in real life now, but uh, one of the first people I met through podcasting and we just kind of hit it off chatting about stupid shit and video games, Aww. which I mean is generally my life in a nutshell is stupid shit and video games. Uh, Same. And with that, he had been doing talk and roll. I think you were on hiatus at that point. So that's at that point we had just started. Dot, we had to recast um, the the show, um, but yeah, yeah, it was it was nice to jump into something that wasn't a long. Like obviously, this is this is a great podcast because it's not super long form. You know, every every time we record, we get the chance to to do something different. That's why I jumped into it. Plus, I know that you were, or I knew that you were going to be starting Talk and Roll up again, so I didn't want to do just another D&D podcast. Right, right, totally. But that being said, I also knew Charles played role-playing games, so he kind of knew what he was getting into. Yeah. Uh, so from there, I hit up uh, the Underdog Podcast group on Facebook, just threw the idea out of, hey, I want to do a tabletop show, but it's going to be different, and maybe, I, I don't know, the idea changed, and we'll get to that in a later question. But basically, I threw it out saying, hey, I want to do a tabletop podcast. Is anyone interested in joining? And oddly enough, Megan was the first person to respond. And it just so happened to be the same week that I started binging Ono Lit class. Serendipity. Although that is, that is kind of weird. Right? Like, just timing-wise. Yeah, I just want to play a fun game. I, uh... 
had also been listening to the Adventure Zone a whole bunch, and I was like, I don't know how to do a D and D, but I like. Like you said, yeah, I like the narrative sort of aspect. And when you said on the the post where you were soliciting interest um, that it was more focused on, like, improv and stuff, I'm like, all right, that's a thing I can kind of do. Like, like, why not? Let's do a fun thing because I don't have a ton of friends. It's just kind of normal for podcasters. Same. Fucking same. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, they all fucking everybody from the, like grad school who were my they were they were my meet friends they all fucking moved out of this this hell state which i mean i guess rightfully so and i'm like i want a a right. group you know a thing that that i could do that uh, we get together and it's fun but also like it's not like a every you know that it would be well i'll just i'll just say it it was low maintenance i just had to show up oh totally <laughs> No, and that was kind of the way I pitched it as well, because when I was doing Sometimes Geek, it took way more time up than I thought it was. And it wasn't until I started a second show that I realized how much time that was. But I was doing it all solo. So I basically, starting up a second show, I wanted to make sure I was doing something with friends. And so from there, yeah, when I pitched it, it was just come on, play this game. I'll take care of the rest, which is kind of the mentality I've kept with the show with bringing on guests and people from other shows is just come on, play this dumb game with us. Let me worry about the rest. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Was there anybody else? Uh, Cause you said it was you and Charles and you knew that much. Uh, was there anybody else who was in the running before my dumb ass showed up? <laughs> Not for sure. Which is why I went to the underdogs. I figured a bunch of us podcasters are there. A lot of people I have connections with at least in passing in the podcast world. So I was just going to go that way to see if anyone was interested. If not, I honestly don't know what would have happened with the show. What might have been. Yeah, I didn't know who the fuck you were. <laughs> I mean, it's funny that you said you <laughs> like just started listening to the show. I didn't know. I was just like, this sounds cool. I don't know this guy. Because <laughs> I did know a lot. I do know a lot of the people in that group. But you were one where it's like, I don't know who the fuck this is, but let's do it. I've heard that from some people. It's depending on who I talk to, if they run in the same circles I mean, obviously, you know a lot of the same people in the group that I know, but I'll hear from one person like, oh, yeah, everyone knows who Derek is. And then I have others like Megan, who's like, yeah, I have no fucking clue who he is. I don't listen to his shit. It's a weird dichotomy. There's no overlap of, oh, yeah, I've heard of this person. To be fair, I don't know. Like, I don't know anybody. I don't know people, things, places, nouns. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, so that's how the show came about. Uh Ben also asks, why did you pick Fiasco as the game to base the show around? Uh, we kind of touched on this a little bit. There are a lot of D&D podcasts out there, and I listened to maybe two or three because I get burnt out on fantasy. Yeah. Right. And, and I knew that Fiasco, I had played it a few times before, but I knew that with Fiasco, it would be... A, shorter episodes or just shorter time commitments. We could do one-off sittings and that we would also be able to hop between settings. So it's not, you're not locked into high fantasy or I know other ones, other shows play stuff like uh, Cumanera where it's more of a future-based kind of thing. And I wasn't sure how long I would be able to keep that up. So I wanted to do Fiasco to jump around settings plus it's also the fact that there is no GM to the game. Like it's all right. collaborative. So if, and we, and we've run into this with the show before where if one of the hosts have to, 
has to step out, that's fine. We can bring other people in. It's not that if Derek misses the episode, nothing happens because you don't have a DM. Right? Yeah, although that that terrifies some people who we bring on. They're just they're like, who's, <laughs> all right, who's in charge? No one? Oh, no. <laughs> no one but follow Derek's lead. He'll fix it. Which is the, the subtitle of this podcast. <laughs> Rolling Misadventures. Derek. <laughs> follow Derek's lead. He'll fix it. No, it's a... Uh, I, I think it's a quote that I need to just put on the wall behind me of, Derek, I did a thing. Please fix it. Yeah, there we go. Um, so, yeah. Uh, next up, we have Chris from Play Comics. Are you available for parties? I mean, <laughs> if the price is right. I mean, I don't I don't have a I don't have a price. I, I mean, I do have a price. It's it's like if you, 20, 20 bucks right now. And hell yeah, I'll be there, whatever your party, whatever you need me to do. Need me to play the banjo? Cool. I don't know how to play the banjo, but I'll figure it out in the moment. (laughs) I'm good at improv. I'm an improviser, so like I can figure out like in the moment how to make the situation work. Hey Charles, so uh, I have a question. How are you with balloon animals? Uh you you like snakes? (laughs) You like worms? I can make I can make a dog. Yes, I can. It'll take me like a few attempts, but that's the one I can do. I can do the little dog with like the ears and shit. Right. I can. I can actually do a giraffe. I can do a flower. I can do. Oh, you can. Oh, you can do real fucking things. (laughs) How the fuck have I not known this after a year? Can you do the? Because I haven't worked at fucking Village Inn in like a decade, bud. All right, this might have to be a Patreon bonus, like a video of okay. all of us attempting to do balloon animals and me failing yeah. horribly because I've never done. Can one. you make a sword? Can you make the cool little balloon pirate sword? I think I can. I I used to be able to do it that's pretty well. Uh, so I think I can make you guys swords. That's so cool. As long as you call them swords, you have to add the W in there. That's fucking cool. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Chris, apparently we are available for parties and we would do better than I thought we would. Yeah, we can pull it off and make it happen. See, we have we've we have a year's experience, at least all of us all together in improv. We've got your back. We can make the party work. Uh, Chris also asks, how do you pick a playset? Have you heard from anyone whose playset you've used? Uh, As far as picking a playset, it's usually based on whatever dumb jokes we make in our just random group chat that we have on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's usually someone will make a dumb joke or one of us will see a movie and it's like, huh, I wonder if I could find a playset for this. Right. Like that's uh, that's how we ended up with our wrestling one. Uh, the yeah, You know, the one Chris was on. <laughs> yeah, the one Chris was on uh, yeah. was because I think it was WrestleMania was coming up. So I was like, huh, I wonder if there's a wrestling playset. And it's really funny because whenever I pick the playsets, it's never based on time sensitivity. It just seems to work out that way. Right. It's always just kind of based around what haven't we done in a while. So when we did our fantasy story arc with the folks from Experience Points, that was just because we hadn't done fantasy before. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of how we pick our playsets. Um, or we'll get a really dumb idea of, hey, we want to be a bunch of podcasters. Where will this fit in? And then we do a haunted house. Yeah. Because why not? I feel like a lot of times it's just, hey, do you think this playset exists? And then it does. Like, what do you call it? The uh, like the 90s goosebumps thing. It's like, yes, it's right here and it's for you. <laughs> and it was so good. <laughs> yeah, usually I'll come in with a couple different playsets saying, hey, what do we want to do this time? 
And overwhelmingly, it'll be the one that I have on the back burner of, we'll do this one later. That's your fault for giving us choices. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, and as far as hearing from anyone whose playset you've used, uh, technically no, except that we just had Jason Morningstar on and, and it's his game and we played his playset. This is so fucking awesome. Oh, no, there was one. Okay, uh, I heard from Steve Segetti. So I had sent an email off to Bully Pulpit Games, <gasps> the yes, guys who make the that's Astro, right. He, and yeah. we just so happened to have released an episode that used one of his playsets, and we butchered his name. We called him Steve Spaghetti. I remember you telling me this, and I wanted to die. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So technically, yeah, we've heard from him, but nobody that just out of the blue said, hey, you played my playset. It's more us reaching out to them. Uh, Next up, we have a question from Megan from Ono Lit Class. What? Who the fuck is that? I did? (laughs) I don't remember this, but... I guess that wouldn't be a first for me. It was probably one of like the joke ones. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I had you guys send in your questions a while ago. Uh, oh. But Megan asks, why is Megan objectively the best co-host? You know what? That does sound like me. I remember that. Yep. 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 <laughs> well, you see, it's, be- it's because it's because I have a cat that comes in on the fucking audio. God damn it. Uh, I'm objectively the best host because I said so. Guys, your take. (laughs) I was just being a jackass. I didn't think you'd include it. (laughs) I actually do have answers for both of you, like why you guys are awesome co-hosts, if we want to go that route. Aw, can we just do like a compliment circle where we talk about why we like each other? Yeah, let's just do that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I guess we'll start uh, with Megan. Megan's the best co-host because Megan will bring the absurd energy that I need to play off of. Oh, 100%. Like, it's just in the moment, very much the I know I can yes and something and Megan's going to fucking just run with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, For Charles, it's the making sure to look in on me when I'm like head first into editing and freaking out about shit. And also the fact that when it comes to our scenery, Charles is the best at fleshing things out. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like he makes sure that we have, here's your camera angle. Here's there's fucking rain falling down on the pavement, shit like that, that I'm just like, give me dialogue. That's what I want to run with. Right. And I think it actually helps out, especially later on when I'm editing and I'm like, Oh, I need sounds for X, Y, and Z for this scene. Charles is is absolutely so good at setting up a scene and I mean obviously that makes it better for the you know listener because it, it puts him into the story and it's also really helpful for us because it, it you know it, it puts a scene in like my head and gives me a better idea of like what the, what the fuck we're doing <laughs> um, and also just so I'm not just saying what what just parroting what Derek uh, said. My favorite thing about Charles, or why Charles is the best co-host, if we're going to keep that theme up, is that um, that we are on the same humor wavelength a lot, and I love it, and I don't have to... Stop stealing my goddamn answers. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Um, that, like, I know I could go with whatever, like, goofy bullshit, and your brain would, you, Charles' brain would usually already be there. And it's great, and I love it. And Derek right. is the best because 
it's just the most fucking patient <laughs> person. <laughs> I mean, obviously, good, good actor, good everything too. But just like to t- to take this idea and to like teach us how to play the fucking game, and to teach like every guest who comes on how to play the game, just like the just the very excellent patience and dedication and. But yeah, those are qualities that I don't have a whole lot of, especially patience. So that's one of those things where it's like uh, inspirational because it's things that I'm aspiring to to get like better at. Right. And I, I would say the same thing about about Derek is Derek is an inspiration to me and my show in general and life in general because the amount of time that he spends and the amount of patience that he has with us as guest hosts. I don't have that. I don't have that. And on a consistent basis, like I am trying to say what, what would, what would Derek do? WWDD. That's good. Yeah. Derek would fix it. Uh, Derek, Derek would. would. We need some goddamn Derek bracelets. Derek would fucking fix it because Derek is the best. Yeah, seriously. And I mean, like listening back and I, I've been, I've been spending some real good time listening back to, uh, a majority of the episodes the last couple weeks to in in preparations for kind of this this episode uh listening back and just hearing the amount of time that Derek spends in the show is just kind of awe-inspiring it's just like wow like he really truly spent a shit ton of time on the show and that's that's inspiring to me and kind of what I'm doing and like in the moments where I'm like well, fuck it. I'm going to skip editing this part of the show because it's not that important. I remind myself, you know, Derek would give me a hard time uh, about the shitty mistakes that I would make in my show if I didn't edit it. And then and then Megan, like the exact same thing, you know, like I, I you are an inspiration for me comedically. Um, like you were saying we have this like same humor wavelength that we could just like spit ball ideas off of. But on top of that, like I love how you can kind of in the end, yes, yes. And, but also no, but because you have a good way of telling me <laughs> Charles, let's, let's calm it down just a teeny tiny bit. And that's so like amazing for me and where my brain goes sometimes. Cause I have a tendency to, ramble on a bit too much and it's really nice to have have that as well but also like with both of you i'm so glad that uh you guys are my friends and that's kind of a a big one for me too because i don't have that very often and it's nice to just be able to spend time with you guys so you guys are the best oh there you go my my dumb stupid joke question (laughs) brought us all closer together as friends yes so, with all of the uh, sappy bullshit out of the way, uh, let's move on to the next question, because I'm feeling things and I don't like nah, it. That's gross. Feelings are bad. Don't do it. So, we have a question from the folks over at Experience Points, and they ask, what genre has been played out? Fantasy. 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 Like, <laughs> the one uh, we yeah. did with you guys, no. <laughs> they, made, they made that episode uh, <laughs> so good. <laughs> But that that entire, I mean, like, we knew that going into the fantasy episode when we were yes. doing it, that it was going to be something different. Like, it wasn't, think about, like, what we were actually doing. It wasn't fantasy. We just said, hey, it's a goblin, yep. it's a heist, but we have go- goblins. That's not, that's not fantasy. That's, that's just us being weird trying to fit into that fantasy genre. How many of our episodes are just heists with a different skin on it? 
<laughs> yep. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, we we hop between that and relationship dramas quite a bit, actually. Like going back and looking at our past stories, it's either crime or it's family drama. Like, I don't know why the family drama we've done as often as we have. It works and it works for us, but it's never been us that, with the exception of Goosebumps, it's never been us being like, we should throw relationships in this. It just kind of happens. Right. I like it. It's it's something that I don't get a lot of uh, time as an actor to spend in that kind of stuff. Usually when I'm cast in things, it's usually as like, Hey, look at this go- look at the goofy boy. Hey, here's the goofy boy, but like being able to do like actual dramatic work is so interesting for me as somebody who likes to act and play characters. So I I think that's why I'm drawn to it a lot. Yeah, and I like the I like that we're starting to do more of that. Like the first time we did that with the X-Files themed episodes, the uh two world story arc that only happened because we were all in really negative headspaces that day and we didn't want to record, but we needed to. So we just said, fuck it. Let's revel in this. Let's immerse ourselves in our misery. And it worked. It was really weird how well that worked. I was, yeah, I was actually really proud of us for, for being serious or whatever. And I, that was definitely one of those where I was like super uncomfortable because I'm not an actor like regularly or anything. Like I don't do, Oh, yeah. So, but, but so like jokes are my comfortable territory. Like it's okay mm-hmm. if I'm doing bad acting, if it's funny. So when we get into like the drama stuff, I'm usually really terrified and I try want to like desperately make a joke. Cause I feel like I'm going to like fuck it up or something. Yeah. And that's something that's kind of coming through as I'm editing the, uh, Jason Morningstar half a million dollars in a grocery bag story arc is that we have some pretty serious moments in it, but the we break the tension quite a bit with just a dumb joke. And I feel like right. like that's our normal balance. Uh, we might mm-hmm. need to do some more serious dramas just because. Like, it, it it's fun to step out of our comfort zone with it, at least for me. So the next question, also from Experience Points, what has been your favorite character interaction? Oh my god. And this one I think I'll have some fun with. I think I'll cut in clips because I know exactly oh no, I, it's a toss up because there's so many good ones that have made me just stop while I'm editing. Normally I edit in little clips and chunks and there's moments where I'm like I'm laughing so hard I have to stop and go back. And one of those was uh Joe from Life Death Taxonomy. God, Joe is so good with his Brooklyn accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, that in the blackmail comment, where he's like, oh, yeah, we got blackmail on. He's like, oh, what's his name? That entire scene is one of my favorite things. You're good. You're good little thief. And he's just like, yes, I'm very small. There's a whole bunch of money from the Marcone family. There's money. And another thing is we have assurances that they're not going to pull anything uh, hidden away. Uh... A black male, specifically. What's his name? <laughs> uh, so, Ax- Axel, question. Have you ever heard the term blackmail before? The term blackmail? Yeah. <laughs> it's on the police report sometimes. Caucasian male, black male, Hispanic male. Sometimes there's females. A- A- Axel, 
Remember what I said a few minutes ago about height and intelligence not having a correlation? I'm familiar. <laughs> I feel like I kind of want to walk that one back. <laughs> jo- Joey is my friend in actual life, and that's because he is... Because of physical proximity, and also because he's a delight. But it was just... Any of those just really off-the-wall moments that make me stop what I'm doing because I'm laughing too hard are my favorite things. Like uh, Corbin, his character from the Clam Magnet Mysteries, (laughs) just that entire character I loved. Because he just, from the first, from go, he took it and just ran the whole time. Corbin was so fucking funny. And my... my my flesh and blood brother person also just every time we like like kind of got our footing he just said something so completely fucking bizarre and contradictory but it just worked for that one everyone was just insane it might be a a, a death clam oh for the love of god rexenold sits down cross-legged on the floor and hangs down his head I now found myself at a crossroads, where I either have to embrace an old wives' tale about a clan that I never thought existed, spoken of in a cult lore, or I must remain in the dark forever. Such is the plight of Bongo. Should, should I be writing this down? Yes, you should, actually. This is actually for the book. I like, okay, so I've got the, the, the me singing goblin songs while people are talking in the background was pretty... Amazing. Oh, you that know was what? just so like listen. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to cut in what the uh, the rest of the songs because I actually cut that one short. Yeah, oh, did you, did. you? You but did uh, you? You keep you kept the audio. Oh yeah. Oh awesome. Yeah, I keep all of my okay. raw stuff from all the editing. Oh. Loving you is easy cause you're beautiful. Do 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 do. It's a little bit funny This feeling inside I'm one of those Who can Easily hide Alright Do you guys want some lame is? I've got some lame is One day more Another day, another destiny. Um, but yeah, like that one was probably like for comedically, that was like one of my favorite things just to listen back to mostly just because it was just like, oh my God, like that stupid little joke or, or any time we get musical in general, it's just so fun. Uh, but then like the, the serious stuff, uh, especially like the Jason Morningstar one very recently, like the the final... This is going after that episode, right? Yeah, yeah that episode's okay. already out. Okay. So if you haven't listened, okay. uh, spoiler for the end of Act 1 of Half a Million Dollars in a Grocery Bag, go listen to that, come back to this. But I mean, like, in the so this is the second act that I'm talking oh, about. Oh, shit, it's no, like, that's not uh, out yet. <laughs> yeah, okay. But is this going up before that? Yes. There's a scene at the end between me and Jason Morningstar, and it's very serious, and it was it's awesome. It's super serious. Like, no no spoilers, uh, but that one is probably one of our darkest, like, endings. Yeah. And yep. that that's including the one where we all murder each other at the end. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Which, actually, that's so... The aftermath for the two world story arc 
that Megan's mentioning. Uh, that's one of my favorite scenes or interactions because, again, going back to it was very much different than what we would normally do. But that's also where I started leaning really heavy into the sound design of the show. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah. Evelyn grabs the gun and points it at Morgan and says, no matter what, you and I are going to die. So. Mm, it's too bad about your friend, though. He, did, he really did actually have a change of heart there. And the reason that was is that scene went on for a good probably two or three minutes where we were cracking jokes about uh, Mulder and Scully showing up and. The whole idea behind it was that this would have been an episode of the X-Files that they showed up at the end of. And it felt like that scene just dragged on a little bit too much. And the comedy aspects of it kind of broke how serious and dark that scene got. So I'm sitting there thinking, how can I end this where I could just cut the audio, which is where the gunshot came in. Mm-hmm. And Christina, my wife, Christina, was listening through because usually I'll listen to it a couple times tweak some things, go back, re-listen to it before it's posted or before it's released. And we were driving. She was actually driving. And when it got to that scene and the gunshot went off, the visceral reaction I saw, and she just, like, we were at a stoplight. She just turns and stares at me, slack John, like, <laughs> holy shit. And I'm like, okay, that's exactly what I wanted from this scene. And it just kind of spiraled into, where else can I put sound effects? Because it has that kind of impact. That's great. <laughs> um, God, I think one of my favorites is like way, way, way back um, in the the Victorian play, the fiasco must go on or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yep. With with me, me and Charles, because a Charles, your Charles's character was great, and the voice, like we were all, we were all doing some solid, <laughs> fucking silly ass voices. I don't know; those were just really funny. Where it's like, what was shit? What was it that? I know exactly. Oh what yeah, yeah, that for. was it. That that because yeah. you you like let it. Charles let slip it. His character was like pregnant, and that was when uh, Mayan, whose name I can't fucking remember, but he was drunk and was just like, "Oh, you have a pelican." No, I'm no, sorry. What did you? What did you say? Oh, you did, you didn't you hear said, anything. What? No, we, we're good. We're good. I, I, I was certain you said something. Yes, about I said a, about a pelican. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yes. You I... you have we're two adults and one of them has a pelican? Do hey. I have a pelican? You, sir, are the pelican. The pelican of my dreams. The pelican oh. of my heart, if you know oh. the old oh. If you know the old Shakespearean quote where he talks about pelicans. Yeah, well, then Helen, you're the albatross of my loins. Oh, that's... And then he then he vomits. <laughs> Charles <laughs> so like, yes, you're the you're the pelican of my heart, and I was like, you're the you're the you're the albatross of my loins. Of my loins, you vomit. Yeah, so that, yeah, then vomit and pass yeah. out. I'm kind of proud of that one being off the cuff. <laughs> that was so good. That I, that's actually why we threw that one in uh, the first promo I did for the show. That line is in there. I've heard it so many times. <laughs> oh no. Uh, and then I know we, we talked, uh, me, me and Derek, we talked off mic about, I know one of your favorites is, is goddamn RJ from the Western episode. Oh God, that's going in the next promo. <laughs> yeah. The, the fucking line of y'all want any of that sass, Barilla? My name's Daisy. <laughs> it was just the way he fucking delivered it. 
I lost my shit. It was so good. I hate him so much. <laughs> uh, next up, we have a question from Duffy. He asks, if you could have any setting, what would it be? Power Rangers, hands down. Yeah, Charles has been going for Power Rangers for a while. I've, I've got, I think I've got one that's a Voltron one picked out for that. But no, I mean, like, like actual power I, I, yeah like actual like yeah yeah so like voltron voltron's close right that one's very close but i'm looking for like the actual like sentai power rangers you're looking for angel grove 100 yeah. percent. that that'll be an upcoming one i really really just want us all to be pirates <laughs> oh my god can we do pirates the next episode i want us to be pirates I, so bad Derek. I have a playset picked out. I don't have a guest picked out for that one yet. That was actually going... That was my toss-up. It was either going to be Pirates or... um, Well, I mean, I could put it out here. The next story arc after the ones with uh, half a million dollars in a grocery bag is a anime schoolgirl theme. Like, magical girl anime. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a toss-up between that and Pirates. Uh, But Pirates is on the docket for either the next one or the one after. So if you're listening. Because it's going to be the worst. If you're listening to the show and you have a podcast and you want to be on the show and you want to do a pirate voice, fucking let us know. Rollingmisadventures at gmail.com, bitch. Yep. Or hit up... uh Or hit up rolling this adventure. That's very aggressive. I know. I got. I got. I, I got real aggressive how, at the end there. I'm sorry. Um, or rollingmisadventures.com. We have a contact me page. There's a form you can fill out, and we'll get back to you. So yeah, uh, any setting, what would it be? Uh, I've got one, and that actually leads into the next question uh, from at KNSJM on Twitter. Uh, have you considered your own playsets to use on the show? So this is the one that I really want, and that is a children's television show. Yes, you've been which working on that one. we started working on our own playset of. Uh, it takes a lot more work than I thought it would because you have to have 180 different possibilities, mm-hmm. and we did I think 30. Yeah, yeah, it it's a lot, and like the other thing that we are going to have to do before we release that is actually play test it a bit yeah because just having all the things in there doesn't mean that it's actually going to be good yeah and part of that's, that play test will end up as an episode uh I, the plan is or was was is the plan is to whenever we do that uh play set and we finish that play set and actually do an episode we'll release the play set alongside the episode right uh next up we have a question from ty from side character quest What's your favorite Pokemon? Mimikyu. Mimikyu's great. Um, probably Squirtle, but Squirtle Squad Squirtle. Yeah. Oh, of so course. With the with the, with the like the War Turtle glasses yeah, on. Heck yeah. Uh, I go back and forth. I'm old school Pokemon fan, so uh, it's a toss up between Charizard or Gengar. Oh yeah, Gengar would probably be my number two. Gengar's great. On on a related note, can we just take like a hot five seconds to just say that Detective Pikachu is a fucking great movie? Yes. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) I hate kids' movies and I loved that movie. I rewatched it for the I watched it for the second time the other day and I was just like, this is a fucking great movie and I love it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like I saw it, I think the last week in the theater near me was gonna play it, and I'm so glad I went and saw that in theaters. 
Yeah, we, we took the kids to see it, and it was so freaking fun. So fun. Uh, so Paul from Point Zero Star, uh, for those that want to check out their show, it is a decimal point, zero star, all one word. Made sure I called that out. Uh, Paul asks, which of you are parents, if any, and how do you feel about balancing parenting duties and finding time to play? <laughs> so I'm not a parent and I can go away from those children if I need to. Uh, no, uh, so it, it's, it's funny. I, I said this joke. This is, this is like one of my stand-up jokes that I'm doing. I, I talk about like being kind of like a step parent and kind of like coming into kids and stuff like that. But there's another side to that. Uh, me and my cousin and my brother all, uh, don't have kids and the rest of our cousins and like family that's in our kind of age range all have at least like two kids at this point. There's so many freaking children except for us three. So we have this thing called the gene pool where the last person to have kids, uh, the last person to have kids gets money, right? The other ones have to pay out for, for the other person. So uh, my cousin called me up uh, a couple. Actually, this was like a few few days ago, and he says, uh, uh, "Hey, uh, so two questions. Number one, can you buy me alcohol?" And I was like, "No, I'm not gonna buy you alcohol." And number two, uh, if you get married and you have stepkids, does that count that you lost the bet? And I said, hey, you little <laughs> shit, if you don't think for a second that I will break up with Simone for a hundred fucking dollars, you're out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, I, 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 yeah. I mean, like, besides from that, like, the kids are great. I, I've recorded with them in the house. Uh, they can be loud. They can be very loud, but they're they're good. Podcasting is great. You can find whatever time that you have to, to do it, especially if you have a show just by yourself. So, um, which none of us do. <laughs> so I, I I do not have children, and nor is it really ever my intention to to spawn. Um, uh, I was supposed to record the wrestling uh, federation. Oh episode. yeah, I forgot yeah, about that. yeah. And um, I was also. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> I was a uh, babysitting uh, a friend of mine's kid for like four <laughs> days. Like it was legit. Like she was her and her her husband had to both go out of town on two separate uh, business trips, and so I had their kid for like four days. And he's like just under a year old, so it's like a baby baby. Um, and he's great. He's adorable. He's awesome. Um, and I've worked with, that's the thing, I worked in like preschool, like I've worked with kids, so it wasn't just like, God, what is this thing? But, so he was, uh, I was going to put him down for a nap, and then that was when I was going to record with, with you guys and everything. And then uh, he woke up early, and he was very fussy, and so I'm like, alright, like maybe uh, maybe he just needs a diaper change, and I could like get him back down and, and still record in time. And that didn't happen. Because as soon as the diaper came off, all all hell broke loose. And um, to to, to keep a a long story short, I ended up having to hurriedly text Derek and Charles saying, I am so, so (laughs) sorry, you guys. I'm not going to make it. I'm dealing with a piss-nado. Oh, yeah, piss-nado. And so for, for people who podcast and also have babies... Like, all of the fucking respect to you guys. Holy shit. 
Because the, the second things got hairy, I, I had to bow out. <laughs> and for me, I mean, that goes back to if uh, with having the three of us, if someone needs to step out, even last minute, usually we're okay for those reasons. So that kind of helps. Uh, I don't have kids. I have a cat who decides to be very needy and scratch at my door loud enough to pop on the waveform. Or like he was sneezing in the middle of Megan talking earlier that I'm going to have to edit out because... <laughs> He's too fussy to stay out of my office. That's like a kid. I've got the corgi right at my feet, and she's just chilling here. If I if I didn't, she'd be tap dancing around the house, and it would pick up on the waveform. And we've heard my my shithead cat has made it into the podcast, let alone on any waveforms or anything. So you you guys gave my cat a voice. <laughs> yeah, and then we had to edit it out because we realized the McElroys did it already. <laughs> the exact same joke too. <laughs> I want a podcast with you. The exact goddamn joke. See, okay, maybe here, I'll let him in, because the problem is, like, I can't, I have to have the door closed because the air conditioner makes too much noise. It's like, so, I'm going to let him in, and maybe he'll shut up, he'll sit in the chair, and he just won't make noise, but it's like, and then I have to close the door, so if he wants to go out again, it's going to be a fucking pain in the ass, but all right, here we go. Get the fuck out of here. Heather from Sunshine and Power Cuts asks, what's one thing that's helped you grow together over the past year? Well, you know, I've been drinking, I've been drinking my milk, you know, getting my calcium. Get those bones. Gotta get your calcium to get those bones. Yeah, growth. get that bone growth. I mean, aside from just randomly drinking together, uh, PodCon, that was a huge one. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, honestly, meeting up together was was huge, and just spending time with each other was was great. Seeing, um, yeah, seeing each other in person was was fucking wild. Yeah. I don't care for either of you. You both are the worst human beings on the planet. <laughs> I'm doing this for the money. <laughs> You are bad at business then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how we ended up with a half million dollars in debt, according to the last episode. Also, my cat. My cat tears us apart. Dude. That is stopping us from it's growing true. Actually, closer. no, your, your cat brings me and Charles it's closer true. together. It's true. It's very true. Very true. I, I gotta it's it's Scheidenfreude. I think I think for each of us, when something happens to the other one, the other two can have be like, <laughs> and and yet even now we're learning new things about each other. Like that Charles can do balloon art. Yeah, yeah. Possibly, we'll see. It's been it's been like a decade since I've done it, but I can probably make it. Up, oh, Derek's been transformed into a cat. Aww, and he's a pretty oh, boy. Oh, look at that cat. <gasps> Hi, kitty. He's so pretty. I've never actually. I'm realizing now that I've never actually seen the cat. I've just heard him. Yes, I see you down there, shitbag. I see you every day. You're not special. Just, uh, okay, next question. Uh, Charles from Talk and Roll asks... That oh, asshole. What's your... Fuck that guy. What's your deal? <laughs> what's your deal? What's deal? Derek, why did you do... Why did you do this? This is just Derek fucking dragging us. I know. I love this question. I love this fucking question. Uh, I want to start an interview show where, like, the first question that I ask everybody is, what's your deal? Charles, what's, what's your my, deal? Okay. My, 
let's get serious. My deal is that I need the approval of my peers and that podcasting is an awesome way for me to have the approval of my peers and to feel wanted and loved. See, now I feel like an asshole because I was going to make a dumb joke. Do it. That's totally fine. What's your deal? I do a podcast. The end. Yeah. Um, Okay, so my deal, uh, I have a weird screwed up artist mindset and brain and I need a creative outlet. So this is how I'm getting that fix. My deal is that I'm going to pick suitcase number 30, Howie. And (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Megan, the banker would like to offer you. (laughs) Um, I, fun fact, I was actually a, a suitcase girl uh, on one of the episodes. <laughs> that was your deal. <laughs> in, in season in season seven, that was my deal. It's, you just, it's like a bunch of beautiful women and then me and my fucking meat face just over here. Uh, next up, we have a question from Kate from Ignorance Was Bliss. Any regrets? I don't like how, I don't like the generalness of that question. I'm, I'm going to assume with the show. <laughs> As opposed to like just in life. Just in life that we've already gone dark for the last question. Any regrets? Um, (laughs) Regrets for the show. Uh, No, nothing that stays in the episodes. Like sometimes I'll make, we'll make jokes that maybe are a little bit uh, in poor taste that'll get cut. Or just bad. Or just bad in general. Um, Oh God. Yeah. That audio has never seen the light of day. Uh, I I have regrets of, Missing out on awesome episodes due to mental illness. We we regret we regret this question, Kate. That's right. Kate, oh, yeah. Kate makes up for it. Kate makes up for it with the uh, next question: best snack ever. No, this one's just as difficult. Oh, best snack ever. Can I say the worst snack ever? That I'm always sure. disappointed, but I do it all the time. Cheez Its and the candy nerds, or any kind of tangy candy. Cheez-Its are because an incredibly you put, you, disappointing snack. Okay. okay oh, yeah. I disagree. I disagree. I love Cheez-Its and I love nerds. I love them both, but eating them in close proximity of each other tastes like vomit. It's disgusting. And I always do it because I'm like, these are my like go-to snacks sometimes. Like if I get candy, I'm going to get nerds. But if I go to like get like cheese crackers, it's going to be Cheez-Its. Um, big Cheez-Its, very specific. Oh, see, I, I feel just like che- Cheez-Its are, are disappointing. And I, I get them in a little baggie on a plane. And I'll be like, oh, shit, I'm going to eat some Cheez-Its. And it's like, oh, yeah, these are dry and bad, and I don't like them. You have to get them fresh from the farm. You have to get them organic. Mm. Get the uh, grass-fed cheese. <laughs> Cheez-Its straight from the cows. Teat. Those locally sourced cheese. <laughs> Lo- locally sourced Cheez-Its. Yeah. What is the um, my best, my favorite snack is uh, honey roasted cashews. They're, for whatever reason, one of the hardest damn things to find. Like, I, I think I have to go to, like, 7-Eleven to get them specifically. Because, like, only some gas stations will have them. The grocery stores won't have them. It's weird. I like, I like, um, I like, on that same front, I love the soy wasabi uh, uh, almonds. Are really oh, those good. are good. Those are really good. But they're terrible for uh, uh, podcasting. Oh, yeah. Pretty much any snack is uh, terrible yeah, for there's, podcasting. Yeah, there's no snack that's good for podcasting. I, okay, I guess favorite snack, uh, Publix Deli Popcorn. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have another question from Ty from Side Character Quest. Have you ever thought about doing a different genre of podcast? 
I mean, our podcast is a shit ton of different genres. Uh, like a different kind of podcast altogether. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we already we have, all kind of have or yeah. do. Um, I want to get back into uh, a comedy show, like something random. Uh, I have some things that I'm working on. I'm actually recording another one tonight. Uh, which I'm. It's a. We're we're still figuring out what the concept is. Um, but yeah, I want to do something. I miss that show. Yeah, and I've thought about doing other shows. Like I obviously I stop sometimes geek. I've got another project I'm working on, which is still super hush hush. I can't really talk about because we don't know what's going to happen with it yet. It's going to be uh, great so is what's going to fucking happen. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with that. That episode, I think our trial run episode comes out this week of recording. Um, and then, yeah, I, I mean, I've talked about not on here, actually. Well, no, actually, our Patreon uh, behind the PodCon episode, uh, I talked about wanting to do an audio drama. I had started writing one uh, before I realized that my strengths lie in playing off of other people, which is why Rolling Misadventures works, is that it's audio drama, but I have uh, outside input in the writing process, so to speak. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would probably do another audio drama, like an actual audio drama. But it would have to be with someone who could write because I would work more on the sound design side of things. Uh, let's see. Ty also asks, when you started, did you have any core ideals or tenets of slash about how you wanted to do the show? And if so, how have they changed? That's a you question. Yeah. Um, core ideals. So, yes, uh, the show fundamentally changed <laughs> as far as how I was going to edit it. Uh, I originally thought, like everybody does when they do a new podcast, I'm just going to record it and it's going to be minimal intrusion on editing. And I knew better from podcasting for, what, two years at that point that, yeah, things change. And I didn't think that we were going to turn it into a hardcore audio drama style with the editing, sound design and stuff like that. But I fell in love with it. And so... Yeah, I mean, that's that's when this podcast really found its voice i mean it was even like the first few episodes it was definitely uh like a like a board game tabletop role-playing game podcast yeah now it's it's a role-playing podcast where we tell a story each two episodes yeah i think that really clicked at podcon uh because that was where you know we had our little table set up and we were kind of trying to explain what it was that we were doing and improv audio drama became like the best kind of shorthand and then we just mm -hmm. have kind of i feel like definitely embraced that more so yeah and it, right. and it happened to work out where we were using more sound effects at that point just very lightly putting it in um and that's something that i've like it, i mentioned it started with the two worlds episode with the shot but then also with podcon like talking to other podcasters that i had started listening to around that time like uh, one that I'll straight call out, uh, Travis Van Groff, who does White Vault, Liberty. Uh, he does Dark Dice. He does like a million freaking things. Uh, but he is very big on the immersive sound design for audio drama storytelling stuff. And so like listening to that, I was like, oh, this works so much better like this. But how could I spin it my way? Like I still prefer having music for backing our improv scenes. But having the sounds just kind of mixed into that, I don't want to do a whole soundscape for it because I think that would it would kind of pull you out of the scenes when we make the jokes. Whereas now you could see that kind of happening like I'm a, just someone in the audience watching this live TV show where we can crack jokes and stuff like that. So that's kind of how 
even though like as it was evolving and changing, it changed the idea of how I wanted to do the show with that, where it's like, how much is, how much do I want to put in versus how much is too much, I guess. I just try to not ruin whatever episode I happen to be in. <laughs> That's been your your core idea. Yes, my core my core ideal. Don't fuck it up. My core ideal is don't fuck it up, especially the beginning because I didn't know you guys, so there was so it was like you know don't fuck right. it up, don't fuck it up. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next up, uh, another question from KNSJM from Twitter. Would you consider recording an episode under the influence of mescaline in Everclear? Creating a psychedelic masterpiece of modern performing arts. <laughs> yep, yes, let's yes. do it. However, okay, yeah, okay. So here's here's I'm saying yes. Asterisk. It would never see the light of day on the podcast feed. It would just be for us because I don't need that kind of fucking heat out in the world right now. <laughs> I'm I'm too scared to take mescaline. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Like the Everclear, I could, this goes back, we mentioned not doing a drunk episode for reasons, mostly from editing standpoint, uh, not, not, not with mescaline, no. Yeah, no. I did a, I'll mention it on here, because it's, if you go on to own a lit class's Patreon, uh, you can listen to an episode of me and, and my brother when I went to visit him out in Denver, and we recorded a mini uh, bonus episode Whilst we had been sampling Denver's legal delights, <laughs> and it's something. <laughs> All right, uh, next up, we have Andrew from The Beholder's Eye. What's the biggest challenge of running a GM-less game slash show? I don't have a reference point, it's, so... Because I've never... Yeah, hon- honestly... I've never played a d I, I, pref- <laughs> I prefer it. Uh, to playing D&D. Like, if I were to, like, introduce people to role-playing, I would introduce them to to playing uh, a game like Fiasco, just because it's it's more interesting. It's not long-term game. Like, you can play a game in, like, two hours. Like, most D&D sessions... Like, when I talk to people, they're like, yeah, we had a short D&D session. Yeah, how long? Yeah, it was, like, four and a half hours. And I'm like, God, I can't do that shit. But, like... Um, I prefer uh, that everybody is kind of pulling weight in the story, and it's not just the G, like the DM GM uh, telling a thing, telling them to what to do, and then them doing it. Like that, that gets boring sometimes, and that's something that I deal with on a consistent basis for talk and roll. Um, but I, that's why I like this show. It's just nice to have us all do it. It's true. You don't the- run into like I guess like railroading. Because we're all just, we're all in this together. <laughs> I don't remember the rest of the song. I know it. I know the dance, too. We're all in this together. Once we know that we are, we're all stars and we sing it. <laughs> we're all in this. I was in a touring Have fun, cast have fun editing those out-of-sync claps. <laughs> I was in a touring cast of High School Musical. You were on not. stage. I was oh my when God, I was Charles. nineteen. Yeah, I love it. I have pictures. I'm sending you this to you guys like right oh now. Oh my God, I'm loving every new every new. We're learning so much about Charles in this the, the, this experience. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. very good. Um, biggest challenge for running a GM list system for me, uh, I cannot prep or plan anything beforehand, which 
as the person who makes who fixes the shit or uh, is kind of the facilitator of this insanity that we do. <laughs> the person who does the show. <laughs> that's the only part that makes it hard for me is that with the exception of here's the place that I'm thinking about. It makes it harder to plan, but also it we benefit from it from an improv standpoint of we might talk about a couple ideas we have character-wise as we look at the playset before we do the episodes, but we don't know what's going to happen. So it's it's a it's a burden and a blessing at the same time. Long way to get to that. Uh, so the next question we have is from Paul from Point Zero Star. Your current characters are stranded on a ship floating in the ocean with no hope of rescue. No food left. Who gets eaten in what order as the days stretch on? Current character. So does that have to be the, the Jason Morningstar episode? I guess, yeah. That would be our current characters. I'm gonna I'm gonna daft this question. I'm gonna take this question and I'm I'm going to to change it slightly. Which okay. of our character which of your character I'm gonna say it like a person. So pick a character. Pick and a we'll pick we'll, we'll pick a character that if you were at sea who you think would give you the best chance of survival. Oh shit. Uh, if it's got to be one of my characters, none of them. Otherwise, I would take Buckner. <laughs> Just because he was an absurd ship captain, so at least he knows how to pilot a ship. So you don't think any of your characters have, have what it takes oh, to survive? <laughs> FBI Agent Stern. That's who I would go with. Yeah, except I killed you. Because uh, I was about to say, oh, I'd be Morgan from, the, from that episode. <laughs> because I think that's the evilest person... That I have played. Although, if I was the one, what's his face? I can't even remember what his name was on the the one where we were all where we were podcasters and investigators and shit. I think I might be able to just annoy you guys all to death. Fair. I might. I might take uh, uh, JDC zero five three, the confused clone without any pants, just because he's a robot. That's true. That's true. And he's not wearing any pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, same question for the three of us in real life. That was the second part. Oh, jeez. It'd probably be me. No, I think I think it would be me just because I'd be like, no, let's get our shit together. And I one or both of you would just go savage at that point. And then Charles would apologize the whole time he's eating me. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm so, so sorry. I'm so, I'm so fucking sorry. Oh, my God. I'm so <laughs> fucking sorry. I'm so fucking sorry, Derek. Oh, my God. I think we would all just die, quite frankly, because each one of us. Feels like we would yeah. be the first one to die, so I think we would all just be like, well. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, we have another question from Duffy. If you could choose someone from another podcast to guest, who would it be? Mostly, okay, out of the McElroys, who would you play with? And why is it Travis? It's Travis. It's Justin for me. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I would play with Travis McElroy. I go Travis I just because listening to like when they did their uh dust story arc or their their test for dust on uh the adventure zone i really like the way that he was taking the characters right uh so if not a mcelroy who would it be joe rogan of the joe rogan <laughs> experience God. there's yeah. your mescaline fueled episode right there yep let's just get joe rogan on that shit i mean if we're still talking like dream people then D- demi and miel from punch up the jam because they're the greatest fucking improvisers and i love them. i did reach out to them <laughs> and they are never going to write us back nope, never but it was worth now, a shot are we 
are we talking about like people who have a podcast or people who like identify as podcasters first? From another podcast. From another podcast. Gus Johnson from uh, his podcast, Gus and Eddie. Uh, I want to just be hang out with that. I want to be with that man. He's amazing. Uh, he's on YouTube, but he does a podcast now and it's, it's great. But <laughs> him as a person, I would love on the show. I don't know. I, I fall into a weird spot because I've reached out to some people that might come on the show. So I don't want to just specifically call them out, put them on the spot. Yeah. Don't jinx it. That's why we're, that's why we're saying like big dream yeah. shit. Um, Tommy hmm. was so. Oh my God. Yes. God. I would love Tommy Wiseau to be on the podcast. Like seriously, I'm going to email Tommy again. Because to once wasn't like enough. To be on the podcast. Because you emailed oh, him I'm about a... doing an underwear ad for. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> right. We emailed him about sponsorship, not coming on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh God. Uh. One of them I've reached out to, and they're probably never going to come on the show, is uh, Jerry Holkins from Penny Arcade. He does tabletop stuff for their streams, and um, like I'm subscribed to their patreon and shit like that so i get he does like a uh a tabletop background kind of thing where they talk about dming and stuff it's a lot of fun uh either him or actually like pie in the sky never gonna happen would be uh matt mercer oh well yeah <laughs> why don't you just ask god <laughs> no but we've actually been really lucky with some of the guests that we've had on like i had with uh kyle from bombarded i'm a huge fan of that show so that was a dream guest for us especially because that was like four stories in or something it yeah was really early on i think we've been really lucky and had a lot of like really kick-ass guests no we we've had a bunch of kick-ass guests and like i said even people that we've like to use the podcaster term of reaching up guess that Honestly, we're like way bigger than us that we're kind enough to come and play this and have since messaged us afterwards and be like, that was a lot of fun. Let me know if, when we can do it again. So like we've been really lucky with that. So, yeah, obviously we have our big pie in the sky. We have some uh, more indie scene podcasters. I'm not going to call out just because I don't want to make them feel like shit if they say no. So either McElroy's, Matt Mercer, uh <laughs> Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Yeah, Joe Rogan. Tommy was so. Um, Tommy was so. But yeah, for frankly, anyone who's given us the time of day is amazing. Yeah. We love you. Yeah. Which again, if you'd like to be on the show, email us rollingmisadventures at gmail.com or go to rollingmisadventures.com and click the contact us link for a page to submit a form. Or call Derek. Here is his phone number. <laughs> Here is, here's Derek's home address. <laughs> <laughs> that one I'm a little bit more scared of because Charles does have that. Oh, there you he go. Have, I don't think he has my actual phone number. Come to Derek's home yeah. and bang on his window until he lets you be in an episode of Rolling really Misadventures. All right. So a couple more questions left. Uh, one more from KNSJM from Twitter. Uh, do you plan on doing any sequel episodes? Uh, yes. That's the short answer. <laughs> funny you should ask. Uh, funny you should ask. We were actually going to do it for our one year mark uh but it actually worked out to the fact that we had the creator of fiasco reach out to play with us yeah, so, we weren't gonna defer him and be like no 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 we've got a one-year episode to record mr no fiasco. i thought it, i thought it was a really cool way to mark our one year was to record with the creator of fiasco like it just again going back to the it's weird how this works out sometimes when planning our play sets or not really planning our play sets so 
yes, we are going to do a sequel episode. Uh, we're still figuring out some of the details, but we're going to revisit the cloning around story. You never forget your first. That falls into something else that I've kicked around doing is re-releasing the first story, but edited how we would do it now with like actual sound effects and better music and shit like that. So we'll see if that happens. If we do, um, like we're still going to do the sequel episodes. I might release it all as like one, two, three, four remaster or one and two remastered, then three and four. But yeah, that's that's the one I'm planning on going back to. But uh, if if we were to do a different sequel, which ones would you guys pick? It's tough to do. That's a, the only one that I can think. It's of. tough to do a sequel to most of them because we either end up dead, dismembered, arrested, otherwise, like un- unable to bring the gang back together for various reasons. <laughs> I would maybe do the most recent one. Um, as there's kind of a lot of like tension that could, because I don't, yeah, the, the how this one that we're we're finishing up now ends, uh, give it a happier ending. I, I think, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, like there's there's a lot of tension there that can be addressed later on, and I think that may be fun to to bring him back to do a part two with those characters. I've debated because again, going back to doing the Patreon episode where we did the Psychoval for Mercedes Knight just recently. I realized how much thought I put into the character of Mercedes after the fact that that could be a lot of fun to go back like after shit broke bad. I don't Aww. know if it's like a but we, we like couldn't... A 10 years down the line or or what, but yeah, we could do that. Although we couldn't but see we couldn't bring back uh Joe cuz his character died. He could have been his twin brother. We turned it into a soap opera. Okay, I'm done with that. Then, yeah, I mean, that would be a really fun one to revisit just because it was just so wild. And we all were just doing New York accents, even though it was Miami. And anything that takes place in the 80s is a good time. That and that goes back to that's the reason I want to remaster our old episodes is because that car chase scene in Act Two. Oh, would yeah. Be so much better. You would you would be able to kick the shit out of that now. Yeah. So, yeah, if we ever take a like a season break or something, I'll probably end up doing that. Or if I'm like, I have vacation this week and nothing to do, then I'll go back and remaster those. Uh, all right. So hell yeah. Last but not least, I have one more question for you guys, and this is from me. Oh, oh, swerve. Uh oh. Should we do like a drum like Uh-oh. a drum roll to kind of situation here, or it's like no, because I'm curious. <laughs> All right, so my question to you guys, have you guys realized that I have made sure that all of our random story arcs and settings are actually set in the same universe? There's a reason that I have included the McMaster name. What? 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 In every what? story arc, whether it's someone else bringing it up, like Corbin, who did it completely who did it on, on a whim. his own. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm gonna break kayfabe. I knew this was coming. Yeah, Megan knew about this one. <laughs> well, because okay, but to be fair, when you said it to me, it, it blew my mind, and then also just the the nonsense of the fact that. You grabbed it from the, my horrible lack of creativity when coming up with names on the fly, and then other people just kept it going, like Corbin, without realizing it when he named his character fucking uh, Bongo McMasterson. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> so if you if you put the pieces together, I've actually thought about like this fucking MCU shit. 
going on in this entire universe. We have the McMasterson Park. The Mike- Michael C. McMasterson Memorial Park. <laughs> it's in the in McMasterson the anchor, anchor is. Episode. We have the McMasterson clan that pops up in Temptress yeah. of the West, which is how they came to power, which is what the memorial at the park is for. <laughs> Like there's a whole. I gotta chart it out at some point. There's a whole way that it all fits together. The, 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 that, the fact that I kind of already knew about it is why the cowboy, it, the evil cowboy in the most recent episode, Jason Morningstar, is named Roy McMasters. <laughs> but also, um, the uh, the boss in the wrestling story arc, Mister McMasterson, because it's a play on Mister McMahon, and it was just an easy way to fit that in. I think we've got it in a couple other places, how, too, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. <laughs> how, how long have you been planning this? Uh, since the second time we used McMasterson. Like, once I realized, once I realized, like, we we had reused the name by accident, and I just kept it up after that. Holy shit, Derek. Yeah, Derek dropped that bomb on me a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. So that means we're going to have to do uh, an Infinity War-style game at some point where all the characters come back the most ambitious crossover of all time is the one where each of us has to do like 10 different characters <laughs> and try to figure out a way to make it make sense <laughs> I, be- I, believe- I believe in us i believe in the power of us <laughs> so when we were talking about the time travel episode oh god damn it you already know <laughs> he knows he already has a fucking plan he's got the fucking most he's got the most fucking <laughs> fuck like, off this devious little grin Son of a bitch. Fuck off. <laughs> I think this is the happiest I've ever seen Derek look. <laughs> this is fucking, what, how many episodes do we have now? 24 episodes, 25 episodes. This is hundreds of hours of editing in the process to get me to this point, just to make this fucking reveal. The Rolling Misadventures Cinematic Universe. It's no, it's when I came to the realization of what we were doing, this was probably six months ago. And I was oh, like, Jesus. if we ever do a Q&A, yeah, when we, whenever we do a Q&A episode is when I wanted to make that reveal. Good Lord. Uh, but seriously, no. So, yeah, we have a whole bunch of stuff in the works uh, that should be really fun and entertaining. But really, ultimately, thank you to Megan and Charles. This show Thanks, would not be the same without them. It definitely wouldn't have gone a year without them. And thank you to the listeners, you guys that have been spreading the word and helping us grow when we went from like 10 listeners an episode to where we're at now. It's It's been super humbling and insane. And thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks. guys. I appreciate you. Thank, thanks a lot. Thanks I appreciate you so much. You're appreciated. Thank no. you so much. I appreciate you so much. Why, why right is now? it so hard to sound sincere?